0: You are listening to a live broadcast from Faith Worship Center in Portia, Arkansas. Romans chapter 5, and we'll look at one verse only. Verse number 1. Therefore, being justified by by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now think about that. Therefore, being justified by faith, this is what we get. We have peace with God. This is how it came, through our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to minister. It'll take me a little bit to get to this text. My heart is exploding. My heart is burdened for souls. Don't excuse my emotion this morning for frustration. I don't want anybody to do that, but I want to preach this text, this thought, justified by faith justified by faith will you bow your head and will you help me pray that the lord's will will be done this morning father we love you and we thank you god for your grace and for your mercy and your love and we thank you lord for your presence that we've already felt that we've already sensed today lord we know that's evidence that you're here that you're moving upon us god and moving upon hearts which we are unable to do i ask this morning that you would open our ears god to hear our hearts to receive god and anoint our lips my lips god to deliver your already anointed word I'm praying this morning that the Holy Spirit would move upon every single individual, leaving nobody out, Lord, and calls us to examine our own heart in regards to whether we've been justified and declared not guilty or we're still in limbo. Maybe we're in question, but Lord, I know that you're the only one that is able to move upon the heart of man. So I pray that you would do that this morning, and I'll be very careful to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor in the name of Jesus Christ in every everybody says amen. Thank you, in a message such as this I would remind you that uh, you know and, and just under your breath or in your heart that every believer ought to be praying for the Lord to move upon the heart of maybe somebody that has not yet surrendered uh, to the Lord and so it's very important for us to do that. I have been I guess I could say it like this maybe it's the right wording maybe it's not but A reality check again this week has just been over and over in my heart and in my mind in regards to the work of the church as a whole and what the direction of the church as a whole. You know, we're not the only ones uh, that is a part of the church, but we are responsible for what we do here in regards to following the Lord and to help to build the kingdom. We're responsible for that here, and this is our part of the world. And as we look again, according as I look, and I've done some looking uh, in regards to the voice of the church as a whole, whether that's on TV if I'm flipping or if I come across a, a church video, whatever it may be, I am still, I don't care to tell you, heartbroken in regards to the direction of the majority of the church. And I, for one, will do all that I can to make sure that we, As a church and that we as preachers and teachers, I just won't allow it as long as I'm here to overlook the simple message of salvation. We can't overlook the simple message of salvation. It's simple in regards to God's way to save in a person, but it's the most powerful message that we could preach. And don't shut me out this morning if you are saved, because uh, here's the reason that we got to preach salvation. I've been told by preachers, "Well, I don't preach salvation much because it's normally the ones that uh, that uh, that are already a part of the church that come, and I know the majority of them is saved, and I want to do something to impact them." Listen, if we preach a message of salvation and it it, it will get into the heart of those that are already saved and begin to stir their heart for compassion for the lost then the church will start bringing in those that are lost and undone I can't look I don't know I'll just be blunt with you this morning you can put the suit on you can fix your hair you can uh, do everything right you can come in you can look good you can be faithful to the house of God but there's something that I can't see you can have everything together on the outside but I don't have an x-ray machine to Look at your heart to see whether you've been born again or not. You can fool me and you can fool man, but there's one one day that we'll stand before that we're not going to fool. And so it's a priority of mine to preach salvation, not just to the lost, but to stir up the desire in the heart of the believer so that they will go out and reach the lost. Do you know the greatest weapon that the enemy of our soul has today is somebody that's confessing to be a believer, but living like the world out in the world? They say hypocrites are not in the church. Yes, they are. That's not even in my notes. I'm preaching good and I ain't even to my notes yet. They are in the church. And we're not helping the church. We're not helping the kingdom. We're helping the enemy. Okay, I'll get to my... We're going to get quiet. I'll get to my notes. There will never be a more important message or significant message or subject than salvation there's not going to ever be anything more important that we can ever talk about there's not going to be any more important thing that you could hear or, or think about listen just because you're saved well I know I'm saved well look into the parts of salvation and do you know how you were saved do you know what was done in order to bring about salvation in your life do you know everything that was accomplished because the more you look at it and the more that you examine and study it the more excited you will be about what Jesus has done for me on the cross of calvary there is nothing more important that we could ever have to talk about than salvation the moment when an individual is justified the moment when they are declared innocent of all charges and of all sin the moment that every sin and every offense between them and god has been removed and 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 everything has been made right between them and the lord listen there is nothing more important than that moment in their life there's nothing more important that we could talk about. Every single one of us can go back to the moment that we truly gave our heart and life to the Lord. You can remember that. If you can't remember that, well, we're going to give you an opportunity to make a memorable moment here in just a little while. But we can remember that. Why? Because it was powerful. It changed my life. It changed my mind. It changed my heart. It changed the way I talk. It changed the things that i done. It changed the things that I listen to. If you're born again, we have been separated from the world and separated to God and there's been a true change that's in my life there's a lot of people want to talk about salvation and I, I haven't even got to my notes good yet but we've overlooked the miracle of being born again the miracle of being born again I don't mean this in a wrong way I mean it in the right way and if it's a little offensive well I don't apologize for it so I'm, I'm sorry for not apologizing I hope that makes things a little i put a band-aid on it anyway but if you have a head knowledge of Jesus and who Jesus is I don't care that doesn't make any difference well I believe Jesus is God I don't care that don't make any difference the truth of the matter is you can't just believe He is have you believed upon Him from the heart and allowed the Holy Spirit to transform your desire that's salvation. For the West went for years. How old was you when you got saved? 32 year old. But he went all of his life believing he was saved. He'll tell you that. All of his life believing because he was baptized as a child, baptized in water, that he was saved. He went all of them years. He would have argued with you. He would have argued that I'm saved and everything is all right. But something happened sitting right back there where Brother James was sitting when he was sitting on that pew with his family. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit went to knocking on his heart's door and convinced him that he had never yet... I didn't even preach on salvation that night. He had not been born again. There was a change that took place in his life. There was an alteration. He had been redeemed. Listen, he believed he was saved because of what the church had told him. But the Holy Spirit said, You've not been born again. He came and gave his heart and life to the Lord. That's my question this morning. I know it's not my title. But how do you know? Do you know that you know that you're born again? Do you know that you're born again? There's a big book in heaven called the Lamb's Book of Life. And the Bible specific by saying there's no man going to look in it. You can't take a peek to see if your name's there. So we have to go by the Bible way and believing. And what God, the instructions that God, okay, I'll get to my notes. Subject's heavy on my heart. This week I've done some listening. I've done some some, just some hearing, some things being preached, some things that's been taught. And I'll be honest with you, I've not been encouraged. I've been disturbed in my spirit of some of the things that's taught. And I, I uh, promise you I'll try my best and not let that uh, bleed over this morning. But the church is, as a whole I said it a few weeks ago, I'll probably not quit saying it, but the church as a whole is consumed with sounding a certain way or looking a certain way or fellowshipping uh, to be unified because we want unity. Well, and I'm not against unity and I'm not against fellowship, but unity is not when you come together with a bunch of believers. That's not unity. Unity is when we all speak the same thing. That's That's what the Bible says, that you would all speak the same thing. That's unity. We're not in unity if we're not speaking the same thing. I can embrace somebody else that preaches somebody something else. I can love them. I can sit down and eat with them. But when it comes to sharing a platform and agreeing with their way of salvation, when it's not by faith in Christ and what He's done on the cross of Calvary, I'll say, I love you, but no, sir, no, ma'am. I will be no part of that. And listen, I'm not going to do it rudely or arrogantly, but I want you to know why that I won't be a part of it. There's a whole, as a whole, the church has grabbed a hold of a feel-good message or a false wisdom message that sounds good because it has a catchy phrase. We can put it on Facebook and tag somebody's name, and it looks good. I'm being a little mean there, but I'm done with it. And we almost forgot about the simple salvation message, giving no thought to those that are lost Somebody that has not made reservations to make heaven their home. Come on, I don't want to lose you this morning. What I've got to say is very important. We give no thought to the individual that doesn't know Christ and has not been born again. That's a problem. That's a problem. I'm no longer, I know it may not be any longer be popular or be desirable but God forgive me God forgive me if I don't stand in front of people and make sure and that they understand and make sure that they know that every listener knows that it doesn't matter who you are and it doesn't matter where you've come from it doesn't matter about your past it doesn't matter about your sins It doesn't matter how far in the the bondage of sin that you want. I don't care about your charges that they've got listed on you. I don't care how many years you've spent in the penitentiary. I do not care. God, forgive me if I don't stand before you and tell you that heaven's courtroom is never closed. It's always opened. And the mercy of God welcomes you in. And God, as the righteous judge says, whosoever will, that's you and that's me, Let them come and drink of the water of life and be declared not guilty of anything and everything they've ever done. My Lord, I want to preach. I wish I... That's what needs to be preached today to our teen workers, to our youth pastors, to our children's church workers, to the pastors across this world, to the evangelists. We don't need a revival where God's given another word. We don't need a revival where they call it a healing revival. We need a revival where men and women of the gospel are moved on by compassion toward those that are lost and undone without God. There's the problem. That's the issue. Ah. Heaven's courtroom, it doesn't make any difference who you are. Heaven's courtroom is all, always open. One of the most common ways, I promise I'll get to my text in a minute. One of the most common ways to present salvation is And I I grew up in church, and please forgive me. I don't mean in any of this way any offensive. I've asked these men before. uh, Not Brother West, he didn't grow up in church. He grew up believing he was saved. But me and uh, Pastor Brian and Brother Troy... Uh, Brother Michael, back, I've asked different ones. Uh, we grew up in church, and, 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 and I'm not knocking anyway. I'm thankful for my raising. I grew up some, under the, some of the best pastors uh, that there was, but when it came to victory, that's where we were missing out. I asked them recently, did you ever hear a message on justification? Heard salvation through the blood. But being justified and explaining it as Paul explained it, there's a problem there. You know, the majority, I'm just going to speak from my heart, the majority of salvation messages that I can recall, I'm not knocking anybody, but the majority of salvation messages that I can recall was based upon the fear factor It presented to us God as a big mean judge that was ready to knock somebody out if they didn't make every little move, every little word, everything perfect. It presented hell as hot and as a lake of fire where we would burn forever and it presented the eternal uh, separation and the eternal damnation. Now listen, I believe God is a righteous judge. I believe that hell is eternal. I believe that it's a lake of fire. I believe in the eternal torment that's going to come with it. But do you know that that should not be the emphasis when we're preaching salvation? I can scare you into it. You come out of fear. And when you get out in the world and your conscience begins to sear, you're no longer scared anymore. Here's the the result. I'm no longer scared. Talked to a woman just the other day and this is what she told me. Here's the result. I'm no longer scared. I'm no longer afraid of going to hell but I don't want that fear back on me so I just won't go back to church ever again. That's the result. That's what happened. The Bible tells us this in, in Romans chapter number two and verse number four. God is, and I believe all of that, it's all true, but it does not lead us to repentance. Uh, or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering? Watch this, not knowing that the goodness of God, the goodness of God is what leads us to repentance. Some would argue with it. You're not going to argue with me. I'm not going to waste my time. You have to argue with the Bible. Uh, The goodness of God is what leads us to repentance. I want you to think about this. I'm going to define it backwards. What is repentance? Repentance means to turn from something. Going this way, I'm making a about face, and I turn from it. If I turn from something, which is the sin in my life and the power and the bondage of sin, I'm going to turn to the way of God. Repentance means to turn from. That's what it means. Make an about face and to turn from that. Now I want you to see this. Repentance, uh, to turn from it, to do a reversal, to turn to something that is greater than what I was already bound by. The word leadeth. Some of you ladies will understand this maybe better than men. Do you know the word leadeth it literally means to induce? Such as when a woman is induced with labor, it means to induce. What does induce mean? Induce, induce means to start us in this motion. I was going this way, and now I'm going this way. If a woman is ready to have her child and her body has not kicked in to induce that motion, then they give her medicine to induce labor. They want to start the motion of having the birth of that child. Repentance turn from. Leadeth to induce Do you know what does all of this? The goodness of God. Not fear. Not fear factor. The goodness of God. The word goodness here literally means kindness extended as an act of mercy. Kindness extended as an act of mercy. In other words, God's being kind to a bunch of people that don't deserve it. The goodness of God leads us to, uh, li- leads us to repentance. Uh, that's where our focus needs to be. That's where the church needs to be preaching. Uh, not try to scare you. Not try to fear for. Uh, put you in so much fear that you run to God. But to tell you about how that He is good. I want to tell you this morning, uh, because He's good, He didn't annihilate us in the garden. Because He's good, His love will never be separated from us. Uh, because He's good, He will forgive us of all of our sins because He's good He has mercy upon us no matter who we are because He's good He's provided grace to help us in our time of need because He's good He has given us the gift of eternal life because He's good He came out of heaven because He's good He died for me because He's good He shed His blood his blood, so that my sins could be in remission it's not because He tried to scare us He did all of this because He He is good this morning. Anybody's been good to this morning? Come on, has it been good to your family? Has it been good to you individually? Has it been good to your marriage? Has it been good to you? Listen, the goodness of God will produce in a man the desire to turn from sin and to turn back to his way. Not scaring. The goodness of God. The emphasis must be on the goodness. And I want to make another statement, and some are going to disagree with this. Some that are listening are going to disagree. My messenger's wide open, so come on with it anyway. But listen, here's a statement that I want you to get. Understand this. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, I want you to hear what I'm about to say. Today, God is not your judge. He's not your judge today. He will be your judge later. He didn't come to judge because according to Romans 5 and 16, we were already judged. We were judged with the judgment of condemnation and already guilty. Jesus didn't say, or the Bible doesn't say, The Son of Man come to seek and to judge. He said, I come to seek and to save that which is lost. He's not your judge right now. He is your Savior. Amen. Good. That's why He came. Good. To be your Savior. He's our Savior today. He will be our judge when we take our last breath, or he comes by the way of the rapture. But today, he's not your judge. He's your Savior. I see a lot of people immaturely, and I don't mean that unkind, talking about, oh, let's get a tattoo and say, only God will judge me. You were judged already. We were all had the same judgment. Romans 5, 16, read it. We had the judgment of condemnation, guilty because of our sin. We already had that. Only God will judge me. Yes, He'll be your judge later, but you don't have to be judged right now according to your sin. You can take your sin to the cross of Calvary and accept him as your savior. Okay, some disagreeing. He's not your judge today. He is your savior today. and the day that we live in. and the hour that we live in, people need to know that God is not that picture that so many put up in their head. He's not setting up on a throne with a big stick looking for an opportunity to knock you out. He is like following Saul to the road to Damascus when Saul was apprehended. He is following us, looking for an opportunity to eagerly seize us and to pull us up and turn us around from the life that we're headed to. Apprehend. We can be justified By our faith and by our faith alone and accept him as our Savior. The enemy of our soul has also bled into the church to distort the message of salvation. I'm not going to make any friends with what I'm about to say, but I hope to keep the ones I've got. Because there's a great war that's going on for our soul. The church has got involved in presenting a false way of salvation. Some believe, as I'm picking on him already this morning so I'll keep on, as Brother West believed, that as a child that you can believe that Jesus is God, be baptized in water, and that you don't have nothing to worry about. There was a change that took place with Brother West when he went down to that water and came up. It was he went from dry to wet. I'm telling you. I did a job for a guy one time, me and Tristan Hoffman. We did a job for a guy one time over at Marmaduke. And we got done with it, finished up everything, loaded the tractor up, standing out there, and we was talking to him. He had Somebody had, I don't know, passed my name. Anyway, we were talking about the Lord. He told me how he was raised. He said, I grew up not knowing the Lord. He said, but when I was We always use the terminology seven-year-old. He said, when I was seven, there was somebody in our church that convinced me that I needed to be baptized in water, and if you just get baptized, that you would be, everything would be all right, and he said, I went ahead and let them do that, and I went up, and he said, I was a heathen kid running around doing everything that you know, that heathen kid's done. He said, I went down in the water. I was baptized. I went in dry. I came up wet. That's the only change that there was. And he said, years later, I know that was, was wrong because years later, sitting on the back of a church pew, not even wanting to be there, the power of the Holy Spirit began to move up on my heart and revealed to me that that was not salvation and that I needed to be born again. And he said, by faith, I accepted him into my heart. And he said, the real change took place. Some are teaching and preaching that. And there's a lot of people that are entering into eternity thinking everything is all right because they were water baptized as a child. Think about this. Some have made it a requirement. A requirement that if you are a member of our church, then you are saved. And if you're not a member of our church That you are not saved. It's gone that far. You've got to be a member of this church or you're not saved uh, at all. The problem with that is it's not anywhere in the Bible. If you're a member of their church or not, I don't mean it to be unkind, but there's not another heaven just for them, and there's not a little corner for them to set in, and nobody else knows that there's there. One of Pastor Brian's friends called him one night. Brian called me and he was heartbroken. Told me about the guy he worked with. He called him. He was all excited. He was all excited. He got saved, gave his heart. Pastor Brian told me, he said, I can tell the difference in his voice. I hope I'm not boring you this morning. I, I promise I'll get back to my text. He said, I can tell the difference in his voice. Something about him's changed. He said, Man, he gave his heart and life to the Lord. I could tell in the excitement of Pastor Brian's voice that he was excited for his friend. Something must have happened. And then a couple of days later, he called me and he said, You're not going to believe what happened. So, what happened? He said, The guy was so excited he called and told his boss that he gave his heart and life to the Lord. Remember it? He gave his heart to the Lord. His boss said, You're not saved? He said, Yeah, I'm saved. I gave my heart to the Lord by faith. He said, No. He said, unless you come to my church and be water baptized and become a member, then you're not saved. Convinced him of that. The guy didn't know what to do. He's a real immature in the Lord. He went ahead and went along with it. He went there. He got water baptized. He became a member. He doesn't serve the Lord now. And let me tell you, he was at my house about a year ago and he don't care to tell you that he's not serving the Lord, just kind of hard-hearted. He got so confused and so mixed up because he knew what happened in his heart. But somebody told him, no, you got to do this or you're not saved at all. Do you understand what is happening? The church is shooting itself in the foot and people are dying and going to hell. Some have said, they've claimed that you got to be water baptized a certain way. Be water baptized in Jesus' name. I don't have a problem with being water baptized in Jesus' name. But I do have a problem with that doctrine. Because when the emphasis is on baptism only and we overlook the fact that there's faith first, then there's a problem with that. Some said you must speak in tongues or you're not saved. That's not in the Bible. Nowhere at all is that in the Bible. Some hold to purgatory. Is this okay? Somebody, a few of you said it's okay, so I'm going to go with them. Some hold to purgatory and say that when you die, You go to this place called purgatory and there the saints must be praying for you and the priest must pray for you so that you are completely purged, purgatory, purged of all of your sins so that you might make it into heaven. Do you know what that big long story told me when somebody's trying to explain that to me? All that told me was this, you don't believe that Jesus atoned for all sin. You don't believe in the finished work of the cross. You don't believe that, look, if you've got to go to another place and somebody praying purges you of all sin, don't tell me you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You need to be looking for somebody else. Right. On, See how the churches got involved? Here's the result. All of these. Let me bring something in common with every single one of these. Well, they're all different. All of them have something in common. Every single one of them told you that you have to do something. You have to do something or you're not saved. You either got to be water baptized. You got to be water baptized a certain way. I told you the story of the evangelist. They convinced the evangelist that he wasn't saved. Fishing. He's already here to preach a revival. See how ridiculous the church has got? Wow. Got the evangelist here to preach a revival at their church. They're, they're fishing. Didn't know he hadn't been baptized in Jesus' name, so they convinced him that he wasn't saved. Got out, baptizing there in the river, went ahead and let him preach a revival that night. Got to be water baptized. You got to do this. You got to do that. It's all about do, 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 do works, law, legalism. They don't understand that they have intertwined that into salvation, but they have intertwined it without realizing it. The church has teamed up with the enemy and put a lot of confusion upon the lost. Let me tell you what the result is. Think about this. If you've never been raised up in church and you don't understand faith in Christ and what he's done on the cross of Calvary, And the Lord is pulling at your heart. And you don't want to die and go to hell. You want to be saved and redeemed. Here's the question that's going to be in your mind. How do I know what church to go to? How do I know where to go? How do I know what's right? And how do I know what's wrong? And left so much confusion that the majority of people will back off and say, well, I'm just going to trust that the Lord uh, knows my heart because even the church don't know what they're doing. Oh, I'm preaching good. Two scriptures, two alone that I want to leave with you. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, watch this. For by grace are you saved through faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourself, it is a gift of God. It is a gift of God. I got Christmas presents when I was a child because I was always on the nice list. My mom and dad made me do chores, and it didn't hurt me none either. They made me work. They made me cut wood, wake me up early. They made me a responsible man. you know what one thing they never made me do? They never made me work for a gift. Because if you worked for it, it's not a gift. He said this is a free gift. Oh, I I love it so much I'm going to read it again. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift. It's the gift of God. Oh, verse 9 is even better. Watch this. May not better, it's just as good. Not of works, so just so that we're all plain, lest any man should boast. It's not of works. It's not of works. Salvation does not come by your performance. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. If it came from your performance, then you could brag and pat yourself on the back and say, look what I've done. Any believer that's not doing that, they need to be careful because God's about to cut them off at the knees. We're not supposed to point at self, to point at ministry, to point at me, to make a brand. We're supposed to point to Jesus Christ and Him alone. Not of works. Not of works, lest any man should boast it's not of works is anybody questioning that this morning not of works lest any man should boast every false way has been built upon scripture but watch this i promise i'll i'll try i promise to try to hurry every false way has been built on scripture but not all comp- the complete on the complete story of the Bible. Now let me tell you about salvation and justified by faith. Think about what I'm about to say. Every false way comes in on the back of Scripture. If I start in the garden, I'm going to go ahead and have Brother Jeff kersey would you help me? And just come, I'll be just a minute so y'all can be seated. Just get ready. Think about what I'm about to say. If we start in the garden at the moment that man fell, then we are at the moment that, you want them all? Okay. Praise the worship team. We start at the moment in the garden when we fell. I know they're coming. But I want you to to listen to me just for a few more minutes. The moment that man fell in the garden, we were eternally separated from God. Get that? I'm getting you to salvation. We're eternally separated. I'm in Genesis 2. Genesis 3. Eternally separated. Immediately, here's what God showed us about salvation. Immediately, he said, your way, the fig leaves, is not going to work. What you've done is not going to cover your sin. You got that? So if we stay in Genesis 3 and move to verse number 26, he says this, I will cover you with the coats of the skins of animals, which means that he had to shed blood. Don't start yet. I'm going to be a minute. That he had to shed blood. You got that? Here's what we learn: We fell. We were separated. Our idea will not bring us back. The shedding of blood is what God was wanting to first focus us on. And here's another focus. Even though we had fell out of relationship, God refused to let us go. He refused to let us go. He kept us. And He immediately began to make a plan. Now watch this. Abraham. I'm moving forward. Genesis 15. Abraham showed us we've already got our way won't work. We've got it will be by the blood. Abraham shows us this. Abraham believed in the Lord and it counted for righteousness. Okay? Our way won't work. It will be through the blood and it will be because we believe. Abraham also showed us this when he took Isaac upon the mountain. I'm talking about the Bible as a whole. You don't have to take your own son. There's a ram caught in a thicket that will be a substitute for you. Watch this. I'm talking about salvation. Our way won't work. It will come through the blood. We will have to believe, but there will be a substitute for me. Then Moses showed us this. Moses, take the brazen serpent and raise it up. That serpent was a type of Christ upon the cross. In fact, Jesus even took us all back there in the New Testament. He said, as Moses lifted up the serpent, so shall the Son of Man be raised up. Moses showed us the means by which our salvation, our sins would be paid for. And that was the awful death of the cross of Calvary. Are you with me? Think about what I'm saying. Our way won't work. It would come through the blood. It would be... Because we believed it would be a substitute and it would be on the cross of Calvary. This is in the very beginning. And then we got thousands, about 4,000 years of law. What was 4,000 years of, you know, God set all of this in motion and then we got some 4,000 years or maybe more, I don't know how much, Four we got a bunch of years, let me say it like that, of law. You know what the law was for? Just to show us and to prove to us that when it comes to being righteous and holy, that we can't do it. We can't do it. That's what the law did. It showed us that we could not do it. And then the prophecies came that there was one coming. They had the sacrificial lamb. They shed the blood, which was a type of Jesus and what he would do on the cross of Calvary. And then we had the prophecies all pointing to Christ. And then we had Jesus that came and revelation to Peter says, Thou art the Christ, you're the Son of the living God. We have all of this. And then Jesus laid his life down on the cross of Calvary. Jesus had to talk with Nicodemus and said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever would believe upon him. We have faith. That's the only common denominator of the whole Bible. And then we move to the revelation of Paul, and I'll say it like this. Therefore, being justified by our faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, being justified. Can you bring it up for me, please? Being justified by our faith. Romans 5 and 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What does it mean there? Justified means that we place our faith, our trust in Christ and what he's done on the cross of Calvary. And the word peace here literally means you can find rest for your soul. You can find rest for your soul. So if I recap... I just want to say this. Kirsty's going to come and she's going to sing about the goodness of God. I'm going to do this altar call a little different than what I've done before. Here's the recap, and I'm going to hush. Man fell in the garden. God refused to let us be separated without making a way that we could come back in relationship. He proved that what we done wouldn't work. He proved that it would be through the blood. He proved that it would be because we believed. I'm not just pulling scriptures. I'm giving you a consumption of the Bible. See, if we pull out of Acts, and a lot of people want to pull out of Acts, oh, that's how they did it in the book of Acts. I know what they've done in the book of Acts. We can't just take the book of Acts. I love the book of Acts, but we've got to move to the entire revelation of what Jesus done on the cross. Our way won't work, it would be through the blood. Abraham said, if you'll believe, it'll be counted as righteousness. Abraham said, there's a substitute coming. Everything would point to what Jesus has done on the cross of Calvary. And Jesus himself said, whosoever would believe. And Paul had the revelation. And he said, therefore, being justified. What's that mean? You can be declared not guilty of your sin. And you can be at peace with God. And you can know that you know. Listen. Listen. That's Bible way. That is the Bible way of salvation. I place my faith in Christ and what He's done for me on the cross of Calvary and the power of the Holy Spirit takes the old man, baptizes me into Christ, breaks the power of the sin nature, buries the old man, baptizes me in His burial and His resurrection and raises me up that I would walk in the newness of life. That's biblical way of salvation. You can't just believe that Jesus is God. The question I want to ask you this morning is, are you born again? Are you born again? Are you, nobody going to stand with you, are you born again? Here's my altar call. Guys, would you come? I need some ladies, my ladies of the board, would you come, some others? If you want to come and be a part of this, come on, stand right over here. Guys, right here. Ladies, over here. Here's what we always do. We give an altar call. And we wait for somebody that is lost. Not that they won't, because I've seen them do it several times. To get up out of their seat and make their way to an altar. And what we've overlooked is they're in the fight for their life at that moment like never before. Hell is going to rage a war over their soul like they've never felt ever. There's so many things that runs through our mind. We're thinking, I don't want to get up because I don't know. I don't want anybody to know that I don't know if I'm born again. I don't want anybody looking at me. I don't want all of this judgmental. I don't want this. I don't know if anybody will come pray with me. This, that, whatever it may be. Simple truth. I cannot look at your heart and tell if you're born again. But another truth is this Faith Worship Center has made the first step. These men, these women are born again. We're not just waiting for you to come. We're wanting for you to come so that we would have an opportunity to pray you through in the sinner's prayer to make sure that you are, through the Bible way, born again and redeemed of your sins. So we made the first step. I know that war is raging. Some of you feels like your backside is glued to the seat. There ain't no way I can get up. There's nothing I can do about that except simply tell you that if you don't know if you're born again this morning, We await you. We're standing here shoulder to shoulder, standing at the gate of hell telling you you don't got to die and go to hell. You don't got to die and be separated from God. We're here to fight for you. We're here to war with you. We're here to pray with you. We're here to make sure that you know that you know that you're born again. Will you stand? And here we go. Let's fight this morning. Let's have this war. I don't care if you got to grab somebody to go with you. Let's fight this morning because here's the question Will you come? Will you come? Will you be justified by faith? Will you be declared not guilty right now? Will you come? Come on, would you come? This is the moment. This is the time. We can make sure I'm putting myself in this mix. Come on, would you come? Would you make sure right now that you've been justified by faith? Come on, as Kersey sings this, I want you to, I'm going to leave the altars open now. Come on, would you come? Right now is the time. Right now is the moment. Come on, sing it for me, hon. Come on, would you come? Right now is the moment. I don't care if you're a teenager. I don't care how old you are. Would you come right now? Come on, would you come? come on would you come come to me I'm here in the mix too I'd love to pray with you this morning come on would you come come on would you come this morning he's been good to you he's been good to you he's been merciful to you there's no reason to reject him come on sing it come on would you come I'm going to keep pulling I'm in a fight I know that I know it's like tug of war. But right now, I'm, I'm you know planning on staying. Life, we'll dig our heels in and we'll keep pulling. Come on, would you come this morning? Come on, would you come? Hallelujah. All, my life, all of my life. Been so, He's been so good so to me. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah.
1: With every breath that I am in.
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Really come on, there's still time. There's no need leaving not knowing if you're justified. If your name is in the Lamb's book of life. Come on, would you come this morning? Come on, sing it, huh? I love your voice. Hallelujah.
1: You have led me through the fire.
0: Come on, he's been good to you this morning. You
1: close
0: like
1: no other. Like no other.
0: Hallelujah.
1: I've known you as a father, I've known you as a friend, and I have been in the goodness of God. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! So my life you have been
0: faithful. You've been so faithful. Hallelujah! So
1: good you've
0: been good to me Lord
1: every that I am in, hallelujah
0: oh, I will sing, I
1: will sing. Of
0: the of God. come on lift your voice in worshiping this morning hallelujah
1: my life you, have you have been, been so faithful All my life, you have been so so, so good. Gone. Hallelujah.
0: With, With every, every breath, breath
1: that I am in. Oh, I will sing of You're the goodness. goodness of
0: God. Come on, just worship just a moment. Hallelujah. got to say this before we dismiss. I feel the presence of the Lord this morning. I brought out a lot of different scenarios this morning, but I have set, held the hand of people that were literally on their deathbed. I got to tell you this, give me just two more minutes. Do you know that why God made it by faith and faith alone? Because it's in harmony with the scripture that he's not willing that any would perish. Do you know there's some people that will never make it to a church? There's some people that can't be water baptized. There's some people that can't even confess. I held the hand of a man one time that didn't didn't have the strength to to even uh, get any words out. I didn't have an X-ray of his heart. No, I'm not calling either way, but I'm telling you this. I begin to tell him about the Lord. He couldn't talk, but tears begin to flow down his face. Just, I mean, just begin to flow. You know why God made it by faith? It's because anybody and everybody could be saved if you would only believe. I'm not through with this war this morning. I gotta, I gotta do this one more time this morning. Maybe you say, "Well, I, I lost the war. I didn't get up and go down." You know what? The Lord several times is on His way to Samaritan. When He sat down with the Samaritan woman at the well, you know what? God will come to you. He will come to you. And i got to do this before I dismiss. I want you to bow your head with me all across the building and close your eyes. I'm still in a fight. I'm going to continue to stand at the gate of hell and tell you you don't got to go there. If you're here this morning and you didn't make the walk, and you're thinking now, I wish I would have. But you question, you whether even born again. You say, I sure like to make sure before I go, would you slip your hand up and put it right back down? Nobody's looking around. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to go ahead and come. But if you've got a question in your heart, would you slip your hand up and put it right back down, right where you're at this morning? Anybody at all? Anybody at all? Hand up and right back down. We're going to pray right where you're at. We're going to make this thing right. You can be justified by your faith this morning. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I'm asking, we'll start back up. I'm asking for the power of the Holy Spirit to move upon every heart and every life that is here. God, if there's any question at all, God, I pray that the, that the power of the Holy Spirit will not give up and will not quit tugging out their heart, God, but bring them to a place that they will cry out to you. God, it's your goodness. You've been so good to us. How can I reject you this morning? We thank you for it, Lord, and we're asking you to continue to work upon that heart. In the name of Jesus, we ask. Can you sing that song? That verse? If you were blessed by this message or you need prayer, please email us at faithworshipcenterar at gmail.com.